So everything that we make is 12, 18, and 24 karat gold-plated titanium. Um, we make it out of titanium because it's the strongest, um, lightest, um, most long-lasting material uh, that you can make it make glasses from. Hence, heirloom. Correct. Uh, we played it in gold not to be fancy, but so you can put it in the boat down here at Newport Harbor for the next 30 years and it won't corrode over time. Nice. And so we started getting really obsessed with heirloom design. Uh, my wife and I spend a lot of time at estate sales and you're like, well, what's an estate sale? And you're like, well, that'd be stuff that people paid money for that has endured the test of time and is worth selling, you know, at the end in, in, a, in a world of that cheap lasted. Yeah. So it's really cool, Shane. I was talking to your wife earlier, and you used to design for Louis Vuitton. I happen to have not one, but two pairs in my closet, and I've got a beautiful place for my sunglasses. I'm a little freaky about sunglasses. Uh, you design both of them. That's very cool. Thank you. Uh, they're going to be a lot more special to me when I'm wearing them now. I got to tell you. I tell you what, uh, I learned a lot working for that company, and and um, most importantly, right when I started, <clears throat> I was able to spend two days at the family house, um, looking through the archives of everything that they had designed over the course of the last you know hundred-ish years, and uh, and it really taught me a lot about um, about building you know stuff with inherent value and of heirloom quality and designs that can you know stand the test of time and so it was a really interesting two days just looking at everything that they had been that had been created throughout the course of uh, that company's history they were not the house of versace they didn't explode they, they they kept moving and marching forward oh i think it's an important thing to think about um in luxury you know luxury moves slowly and mm -hmm. and uh you know they don't sell out and you know we were talking about surf brands and stuff right. you know earlier i mean like you know you can stay the course if you're not lured by, you know, by money. Well, greed kills a lot of great concepts and, and designs, but it's a necessity. You have to have greed in there to make entrepreneurs work for it. I mean, I understand that it's also your desire for you designing and, and having a great product, but most people they jump into entrepreneurship because they know it's a fast lane if you're good. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a big topic. I mean, that starts talking about, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about an exit, and you're like, well, what is an exit? And we were talking about what is it to retire? I mean, what do you do? Do you, do you spend uh, three weeks on the beach in Cancun sucking down, um, you know, Mai Tais, and somehow that's, you know, retirement. And so I, I guess you have to figure out your long-term strategy you know, for some people, it might be passing the keys on to your kids and letting them have the brand run, you know, for a few hundred years. I love that. And that's the way it should be. But like for an old dog like me, uh, I'm going to keep running around that track until I fall dead on it. Well, that's exactly it. Your retirement is doing what you love. I mean, the master at the art of living. Exactly. Are you going on a, on a tiki tour soon? I'm going to go on a bus tour. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, let's get hammered and there'll be a lot of alcohol involved I'm sure <laughs> hey you know what to, to all you young folks out there I gotta tell you when you start out working is kind of tough and you kind of don't like it that much but as you get older and you get those years behind you and you, you become more and more successful like Shane um, work is beautiful 
I agree. And I, and I tell people, um, you know, like make yourself so valuable that the company has to pay you. And I've seen that happen over and over. And, and it's usually like the person that like, you know, and I, I'll tell you, you can't underestimate how older people will say, like, you see how quickly that kid took out the trash and did anything asked to them. And, you know, they show up early and they stay late and they work weekends and they're never closed off. You're like, that person has management potential. And at some point, you, you'll see, like, in upper management meetings, you'll just go, like, we can't lose that kid. And that's when you start getting paid. And it's, it's 2x, 3x, 4x, 10x of what you did when you started. You know, this sounds ridiculous, but the old military saying, uh, we got the general in the audience here, uh, you get up, the first thing you do is you make your bed. So that's the first thing you've accomplished for the day. And then you, you, you base your accomplishments off of that. And if you keep being principled that way, you'll keep going. You know, that you just keep those accomplishments going. And it's not hard to do if you've got heart and you put into it, like yourself. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. It doesn't happen overnight. I mean, it's just, you know, at the end of every day, you, you kind of can gauge your, you know, what you really achieved. And it's not like you didn't make your career in a day. It's just kind of a matter of moments where you said, like, I attended to the important things. Um, I was focused um, and I did what I could. And, you know, hopefully, uh, I mean, that helps you sleep well. You know, it's just, you, you know, that you did the best you could. So Shane has worked for all these huge companies, and he's got his own company here in California, and it's an heirloom design type company, and a sunglass company, uh, Leisure Society. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, after spending time, you know, at Louis Vuitton, and, and um, I, they asked to move my family to uh, to. Paris and um, the kids were small at the time so that wasn't going to happen and all my mentors said like look your resume is not going to get any better so you might as well make your own brand and so I Leisure Society for me was a, a social club and you know coming from a metropolis of 2500 and um, you know belonging to a country club there which consisted of nine holes of golf two sand traps shirts optional mm. 300 bucks a year. I would like to know where that country club is. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> Pretty swanky. Yeah. Pretty yeah. swanky. But uh, no, I mean, coming from a relatively unsophisticated environment, um, I would have a social club and I would do funny things that were like more akin to old money. Um, and so we had a social group called Leisure Society. And so, you know, we'd go to opening day at Del Mar and you know, dress up in our three-piece suits and, and, and just try to do more cultural things that I thought were interesting. And and uh, I really realized, um, you know, after moving to California, and we talked about that briefly, that there's a lot of opportunity here to, to be part of a lot of different subcultures. For example, surfing's a subculture, you know, and all you have to do is uh, paddle out and um, wear some board shorts and some flip-flops, and, you know, you're kind of into that culture. I was really into punk rock when I moved out here, and I realized that um, even though I was... Oh, you're uh, the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right. Now that was him. Okay. No, but I realized that, you know, um, even though I was like an altar boy from a town in the Midwest, you know, in the middle of Quarantown, that... To if, punk rock. Yeah, okay. that, that if I just wore a white t-shirt and, um, and uh, jumped off the stage, that they kind of accepted me too. So, you know, really like understanding that these subcultures are relatively open-armed, whether you're going, you know, to opening day at, at the horse races, but you have to dress the part and you would have to see, you know, seem as though you you knew something about horse racing or whatever, but the subculture thing has been very interesting 
uh, to me um, through the times that I've spent here. There's so many different subcultures. And by the way, guys, you don't have to know anything about horse racing. You just have to bring your wallet. That's, <laughs> Del Mar will suck that up real quick. Well, I'll tell you, um, one of the funny ones that I went to, I woke up one morning and I, I had daddy-daughter day with my, my oldest. And so I was reading the, the newspaper and it said, you know, the Breeders' Cup is, um, uh, you know, up in California at Santa Anita. Right. And uh, I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, she was probably like six at the time. And I'm like, she loves horses. She's obsessed with horses. And I like drinking and gambling. This seems, <laughs> this seems like a match made in I want to take my daughter for an outing. <laughs> like, come on, sweetheart, we're, we're going. So I'm sorry we're doing this seven days a week, but hey, no. Yeah, so anyway, getting back to the uh, um, to Leisure Society, it was a social club that I had. And, and so I would just have more friends. And uh, I remember I sent this elaborate invitation to to go to opening day at Del Mar uh, and felt weird coming for me the, the the kid from 2500 people in Iowa and so I on the top of it I wrote by order of the Royal and Ancient Leisure Society <laughs> and uh, it just became an official organization so when I started the brand then it was you know coming off the heels of, uh, of Louis Vuitton it was like I'm gonna you can call it half ego or half inspiration but I'm like I'm gonna make the best of the best and so every decision that we made going into this collection was what's the best that we could make it. Um, so, but to be to be a successful designer, guys, you have to have an ego. Period. I mean, it's very important. That's part of your your thing. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want to be the best, I mean, um, then don't have an ego. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's that simple. Well, it's funny because there's the ego and then there's the, there's the super ego, and so they always say the ego is based on competency. And so you know, if I can be good at this, you can say like I'm good at this. You know, like see, we yeah. we've got our super ego on the show, and it's Adam. But you know, <laughs> yeah, ripe with it over yeah, there. Yeah, ripe with it over there. Delusion can go so far. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, don't stop till you get it. I'd say what it's probably going like 12 inches. I don't know. <laughs> so. What was your first thing you designed? What, what was, how did you break out of this thing? Once you left Louis Vuitton, what, were you sitting in the street? Uh, what were you well, doing? no, we, we sat there and said like, you know, and like I said, uh, you can call it half eager or half inspiration, but I mean, like I wanted to make, you know, like something that, um, that looked luxurious without screaming, look at me or being too ostentatious. Um, wanted to make something that was instantly recognizable. And I always think that good design is, you know, I'm, for example, I used Porsche earlier. I mean, uh, a Porsche, you know, the 356 looks like the 911, looks like the Panamera, looks like the Cayenne. I mean, like, a good design should be able to go through the whole product line and be instantly recognizable. And yeah. so if you're a Porsche guy, you're a Porsche guy, which, uh, in the <laughs> there's, there's a few in there. <laughs> there's a now, few in there. Now, I wanted to know a little bit, not to cut you off. Yeah. That's okay, yeah. Um, but a little bit about the key club concept. So everything that we make is 12, 18, and 24 karat gold-plated titanium. Um, we make it out of titanium because it's the strongest, um, lightest, um, most long-lasting material uh, that you can make it make glasses from. Hence, heirloom. Correct. Uh, we played it in gold not to be fancy, but so you can put it in the boat down here at Newport Harbor for the next 30 years and it won't corrode over time. Nice. And so we started getting really obsessed with heirloom design. Uh, my wife and I spend a lot of time at estate sales and you're like, well, what's an estate sale? And you're like, well, that'd be stuff that people paid money for that has endured the test of time and is worth selling, you know, at the end. And in a world of that cheap is lasted. Yeah. 
It's like a yard sale, but no foreclosure. That's exactly it. I have a friend that owns storage. He goes, you'd be shocked how many people will pay $100 a month to house $50 worth of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, my, my co-host is on Storage Wars. Okay. Brandy, she'll be here any minute. But yeah. she, that's all they do is buy storage lockers, you know. And people, like you said, they, I, I don't get it. Yeah. Great mentality for the storage people, though. I get it. I'm a hoarder. <laughs> I, I, things are so sentimental. I mean, they can't throw them away. See, I'm the exact opposite. I, I hate, I'm like, okay, I got to have everything right where I want it. You know, the people come over and they go, wow, everything's perfect. I said, I'm getting old. I can't remember shit. I got to have it where I need it. You know, the keys have got to be where my sunglasses have got to be where, you know. Well, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, you can ask uh, my wife on that one. I'm like, one place for everything. Yep. One place for the keys. Yep. One place. And if you designate that place, then your life can be in order. And, and no laughing at us old guys because you young folks, you're going to get there. It's 100% true. Yeah. So getting back to the inspiration of uh, uh, the company, uh, yeah, everything that we make is 12, 18, 24 karat gold-plated titanium, um, best-in-class lenses. Uh, the lenses are all polarized. Um, there's a 12-layer anti-reflective coating. Um, we have diamond cast scratch resistance on the outside, so they're literally as hard as uh, glass when it comes to scratching. Um, there's a hydrophobic coating, uh, which doesn't seem important until you're until you're sailing here in the harbor and you right. get splashed by some waves and it comes off like a freshly waxed car. Nice. And uh, yeah, they come in a leather case and uh, with a lifetime warranty. And so the lifetime warranty was really important to me because it's like with throwaway fashion, there's it, nobody stands behind their product nowadays. And I, I think there's a real need for, you know, products of inherent value that really last and will stand the test of time. Now there is a caveat. Uh, the warranty is only covered if they're in the case or on your face. So mm -hmm. if you wear them, uh, you know, with your ass, they're not covered. <laughs> Got it. Well, you know, the interesting thing uh, about this is there's so many crappy sunglasses out there. And that's what people do. They go, oh, I'll spend a hundred bucks, 50 bucks for a pair of glasses, no big deal. But um, you're going to regret that down the road because they're not protecting you the way they need to. And they look like everybody else's. You wow. want to be a little unique. I tell you what, I mean, they go on the most important part of your, your body, I mean, on your face. And so there's been a real push, um, you know, kind of a, a, a mass marketing to people to have the mentality of saying, I'm going to wear um, something that's not of quality on my face. But, but it's, it's really unusual. People will wear nice jewelry, they, they'll wear nice watches. And for some reason, um, putting, you know, something that's um, not very well built on their face has become the norm. They always, my wife always asked me to wear these big, hairy, carry glasses, I think. She goes, well, I don't have to see your face. And I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, hairy, carry. Can you imagine making some of those? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, like, you know, glasses can be uh, iconic over the course of time. So, oh, I mean, absolutely. to have an Elton John or, you know, a John Lennon, I mean, there's some iconic models that really define who people are. Very true. Yeah, so... And that's interesting because when you put something on, I mean, you're literally looking in the mirror and saying, like, who am I? You know, who do I want to be perceived as? And I always tell people you should have an arsenal. You know, that, you know you, if you want to be the 70s party guy, you know, you need to have an aviator with gradient lenses. Yeah, you, you cannot have one pair of sunglasses. Yeah. Okay, it's, you have to have it. Sorry, guys, but you got to have a, a whole bunch of them for a different whatever you're doing, right? If you're in the cowboy, you gotta have one thing. If you're in a suit, you gotta have another one. If you're, you know, doing the Bob Marley thing, you gotta do something else. You know, it's just you have to have 
a lot of sunglasses. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> this is a topic that I haven't, I didn't know much about, and it's really interesting to me to learn about sunglasses and great designs. And this product isn't a uh, what what do we call that, Adam? A um, boner pill? <laughs> a gas station product? <laughs> yeah. This is. <laughs> This is the real deal. These are no golden rhinos you're going to find sitting back next to the pocket shots, y'all. This is proper eyewear here. And what's cool about it is you might buy this beautiful sunglasses here, or glasses that I'm holding now. The nice thing about it is you get to pass them down to your kids just like you do with that gold watch. And that's what makes it cool. I absolutely have a pair of Persols that my old man had. You know, and those are extremely dear to me. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if I didn't make glasses for a, a living, I would wear Persols. Um, although uh, the older quality, um, in my estimation, um, is a little bit better than, than is what is coming out now. But, uh, but that's a beautiful old brand, and uh, congrats to your old man for making good decisions because those, those were beautifully made, and the, the technology at the time was incredible. But that's what you're doing here. It's heirloom. I mean, you pass it on. Like I said, the watch. Yeah. You know, you're wearing a Rolex. That's going to go to the kids when you're, you know, shuffling off in a, a, a nice black wagon. Yeah, 100%. As long as I can get them both through college. I mean, and, and don't <laughs> okay, have to pawn sell it. That damn <laughs> no, but I think, I think there's something nice about it. And it's funny because uh, oftentimes people will say, you know, you know, our retail price points are between 500 and up to 4000 um, you know, all limited edition, uh, numbered, serial numbers, everything else, and collectible. But uh, we have people say, like, well, geez, I always lose my sunglasses. And, um, well, I have a really bad joke for that. I always say, like, um, uh, that's great news. It's good for marketing and it's good for sales. Um, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, on the other end of that, um, you know, it's, it's surprising. Uh, when you buy a product at this price point, uh, they will last forever. You can pass it on to the kids, and you do treat it differently. When you're paying 500 bucks for a pair of sunglasses, you're not going to lose them. I'll tell you when it happens. There's, there's always a thing, like if you're going, if you're day drinking going into evening, uh, there's where the, the problem is. It, I'm so, screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah. on, Hammer, it's only Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'm already started, so right. we're in trouble. Guys, if you want to look cool, and you want your kids to look cool, very cool. Check it out. LeisureSociety.com. Be cool.